Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are so welcome. So welcome. So much ground to cover. I mean, how do we even... This podcast is normally a tight 320, three 320, hours and 20 yeah. minutes. That's yeah, what we aim right. for. Yeah. I'm not sure even if we go the full 320, we have enough time to cover everything we need to cover. Not everything we need to cover. So that's why we are going to do... Uh, we're back to doing two. We're going to do two podcasts. Right. Right. We're going to, well, we're going to split this one podcast in two. Normally what we try to do, and by normally, I mean the first time we tried to do this, we did the first podcast. We tried to keep it under an hour. And then the second one, we tried to keep like in that 45 to 50 minutes. What, what are the chances based on what we're looking at today? I mean, I don't know. Uh, we Here's what we have to cover. Let's just make a list real quick. Okay. Right. okay. Baseball Hall of Fame voting is coming to an end this week. That's We've right. Got one more week of voting. That's right. The NFL playoffs opening weekend. Well, lockout. Baseball lockout. Let's and the baseball, baseball lockout. Right? Got to get the baseball lockout, right? And by the way, I have an idea for a new segment related to baseball <laughs> that I haven't told you yet, which I'll spring on you. So there's three excited. baseball things to talk about. That's right. Then there's the NFL opening weekend, including the most hilarious way that the Cowboys can lose a playoff game, which deserves its own 11-episode yes. podcast just devoted to that game. Just, just devoted entirely to that game, correct. Uh, it also includes the end of Ben Roethlisberger. Oh. Farewell. Farewell, good sir, and good riddance to you forever. <laughs> I hope the Steelers now fall into a 20-year uh, mediocre wilderness where they can yes. never find a quarterback. That's what That's they deserve. Right. Um so there's those two things. And by the way, the Bills looking like they can beat the Chiefs yeah, and no, the no. Chiefs <laughs> looking like they can beat the Bills and a dumb system wherein the Chiefs and Bills have to play next weekend instead of the AFC championship game. For no reason at all. Because the stupid just... Titans like had a better conference record or whatever. Who cares? Get out of here, Titans. Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants to see you. We're, we the, hate like, you, Titans. The four teams left in the... Let's just jump right into this. Let's, right, let's so we're, right, so we're going to start with... Let's start with football. <laughs> so the four teams left yes. in, in the uh, AFC, which right. is, I believe, I would say the better conference. Yeah, I think more, more good teams in the AFC. More good teams, more interesting teams. Okay. Yes. The Bills, of obviously a fascinating story, haven't won, lost four Super Bowls in a row, have, haven't never won, won one. anything anywhere ever for Nor any reason. the whole city. The whole right. city has never won. The whole won city it. is championshipless. So... <laughs> And Josh Allen is a is a RoboCop sent from the future to play football. That's right. And they've got like eleven wide receivers. At one point in the eighty-one point victory over the Patriots, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders caught a touchdown pass, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is yeah, on I this know. team." I know. I was like, <laughs> "They've got a hundred receivers. How how did they build this team? I don't understand it." 
That's an incredible offense. Oh my gosh! All right, let's start with them. Let's start with that Bills uh, Patriots game because okay. But uh, the point I, the point I wanted to make, yeah, and then we'll loop back to this, yes. was the Bills are amazing. The right. Chiefs are amazing. Yes. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. They're amazing. And then there's the Titans. Yeah. And it's like I love Derrick Henry as much as the next guy. Sure. Are, can you possibly get yourself excited about the Titans when you've got those three other teams in the mix? No, no. The answer is no. Look, and and they're they're probably going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, I mean, they're just like that. It's it just feels like you know that because would, we don't want them. That's to, right. No, I mean, look, look, it comes down to a, a very simple thing, which is Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback. That's that's, that's sorry. Right. Thanks for playing. It was it was nice seeing you. But I, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, and Josh, <laughs> Josh Allen, Allen are more exciting, and we want to see them. We don't want to see you, Ryan That's Tannehill. My Go point. away. No offense. no offense to Ryan Tannehill, but no, I don't want to see Ryan Tannehill. But then, really, the whole AFC playoff picture this week was so weird anyway, because that Steelers team just had no business whatsoever being in the playoffs. I'm sure glad we got those two those two extra teams into the playoffs <laughs> this year. That was really helpful. That Eagles and Steelers, did they <laughs> did that that thrill do? All right, so we're starting with Bills Patriots. Let's start with Bills Patriots. I, I think there's an argument to be made. I, I, I made a little bit of this argument on my uh on my uh, substack at JoePonsanski.com. Um that Josh Allen played the single best game a quarterback has ever played in the playoffs. And and I don't mean like there the game was a blowout so it, it, it's not like there was he was under tremendous pressure to play that game. But purely from one player playing as close to perfection as is possible, you can't do better than what Josh Allen did on Sunday. He had, he he had more Okay, let's look at the facts here. His team every time they had the ball scored a touchdown. Every so time. Start with that. Every time. Uh he had more touchdown passes than incompletions. That's I right. Believe. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he was playing in weather that started at six degrees Fahrenheit and went down to like negative six degrees Fahrenheit. Right. And and wind chill was always below zero. That's right. He was playing against a a, a top five defense at right. least and based a on Belichick the season. defense. Right. A, Bel- a Bill Belichick defense, top five defense in the season. And his team not only never punted, they never had to kick a field goal. At one no. point, I tweeted about this. They were they were six for six on third down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's an incredible statistic because no team ever goes 100% on third down. Right. But the actual way that that statistic is incredible is that they only had six third downs in the entire game. <laughs> it's always, when you see that set at the end of the game, it's always seven for 15 19 well, yeah. yeah yeah 14 or yeah. 6 6 4 11 at right. least right. they had six total third downs like they were never they were was he I don't believe he was sacked I don't believe he was I, I don't think he was sacked you didn't even mention in this in his crazy robocop thing that he ran for 66 yards yes uh, and uh, it ran and could have run for 166 for 100, absolutely, yeah absolutely it was just he 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 dropped back to pass and his RoboCop electro brain <laughs> scanned the field and realized that the maximum efficiency for where he needed to go was to throw the ball, but he could have also run the ball. There was a, they were never close to him. They weren't they no, weren't around no, him. They weren't no. pressuring him. He had all day to do what he wanted, and then he made the correct decision on every single throw. Every it was truly. I believe you're right. I mean, I, no one will ever look. They have to play the Chiefs in Kansas right. City next week, and they might. They might lose. They might get blown out. Who knows? And this will be a f- historical footnote. But it reminds me of those Peyton Manning games yeah. when the when the Colts would play a wild card game at home in the like Marvin Harrison years. Right. There were these weeks when 
you know, in a wild card game, Peyton Manning would be like 38 of 48 <laughs> right. for 490 yards and six yeah. touchdowns. And six touchdowns, that's right. And you would be like, well, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then one week later, they would go to New England and it would be freezing <laughs> cold and windy and Peyton Manning would be like 17 of 38 for 165 yeah. yards and three picks. Right. And you were like, oh, right, the weather is a factor in, yeah. in, in playoff football. And so for Josh Allen to have one of those games outside in Buffalo yeah. in the mid-January, I don't know that we've ever seen better quarterback play no, for I 60 minutes. Like I said, I mean, look, you at best somebody tied. Nobody could play better than he played. And, and look, I'll be one to admit it. I didn't see this with Josh Allen. Nobody I mean, did. Right. No one saw this. It was so clear that he had like superhero qualities, right? That that arm, I, I we, we talked about this before on this show. We've talked about this off the show. There are certain quarterbacks whose arms are like, okay, you know, like when Aaron Rodgers throws, it looks like the ball just gets pulled from his hand, right? Like by a rope, you know? Like yeah, he the, like, flicks the ball with he, his wrist and it goes 60 yards. It goes 60 yards, right? Yeah. And Matt's, Matthew Stafford has this ridiculous arm. I don't know that anybody's ever had Josh Allen's arm. I and, and That thing is absolutely, it's an absurdity. Yeah. And now he has like unbelievable touch on the ball like where did that come from like nobody everybody thought okay yeah he could throw the ball through like a brick wall but he's completely inaccurate he doesn't he's not going to be able to figure it out on the on the highest level etc now the guy's like a genius he's like he yeah he makes the right call every play he is unbelievable to what was he in the game what was it like he was like 24 for 28 or something like that? What was I he for the thought game? he was 21, uh, 21 of 25. Yeah. I think he had four total incompletions. Yeah, for yeah. 300 yards, by the way. So he's throwing the ball downfield on every play, and and he makes the right decisions every time. He's like the Derrick Henry of, of quarterback. You can't tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, well, I, you know what's funny is Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe this is our transition into talking about that game. Oh ben Roethlisberger for so long was the guy you could, with quarterback you couldn't tackle. Right, that but was he didn't part run. Of, but he didn't no, that's, run. No, that's what I was going to say. Yes, is yes. You, it was, he was really hard to bring down, but he just kind of like shed, shed <laughs> would-be sackers and moved around the pocket. Yeah. Josh Allen does that, but also then he takes off running and he runs, he clearly runs the 40 and three, eight or something. <laughs> and you know, like he broke a run early on that one time that they, that he had no one to throw to early on in the game on the first drive. I think he just casually slipped out, saw no one was open, danced around for a second and then just broke off like a 30 yard yeah, run. Yeah. 30 yard run. Yeah. Yeah. Where, he, where he, by the way, uh, the only one who had a chance to tackle him was Matt Judon, who is an excellent defensive football player <laughs> yes. in the prime of his athletic <laughs> career. And he just like shoulder fake to the right and then just dashed to his left. And Judon what didn't come within six yards of him. No, like it no. wasn't even close. And so I, I, you get to these points and you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. I get it. And there are certainly games where Josh Allen has looked terrible. And of some of that old inaccuracy or, the, or those poor decision-making skills have come back. That always happens, sure. But you watch that game and you just don't understand how he could lose. How can yeah. you ever lose? With the weapons that he has, with his ability to run, with the way that he seems to be seeing the matrix code behind defenses. Yes. I just don't know. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. The actual... Super Bowl, I believe, will take place next week in Arrowhead yeah. because I think that the Bills and the Chiefs are the two best teams in football. I kind of think they've been the two best teams in football all year. 
and they're going to play in the second round of the, <laughs> the NFL playoffs, and there's still a whole conference championship and then a Super Bowl, and I can't help but feel like there's a significant possibility that every game that comes after that game will be a little bit of a letdown. Because- yeah, I think that's right. Well, I mean, look, the Chiefs started off so slow, right? Like they, they got off to the very bad start, and now they're clearly you – know, their defense was horrendous the first mm-hmm. five games or whatever – and the Bills had like a weird middle, you know, run where they were not playing very well, and yeah. it was kind of. But here they are at the end, and that's why it's almost like there's no way to do this. But it's like you want to reseed everybody based on you know how they look. You know, it's like oh, you almost want to go back to the old days of college football where they're like, yeah, I think they're number one actually. Like no, you didn't even have any computers involved. You didn't have any uh, analytics involved. You just had like a bunch of old guys looking at the television and just going, yeah, I think Notre Dame is the best team. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like you, you want to do that because I do think, first of all, they're the two most exciting teams. They mm-hmm. have the two craziest quarterbacks at the moment. I mean, Aaron yep. Rodgers aside and that game, look, that game could be terrible. And the one team might get off to a big, huge start and blow the other team out. It could be great. It could be surprisingly low scoring. You have no idea, but you just kind of know that those are the two teams you want to see. And then one is going to be gone no matter what. And that stinks. And and what will be left standing in all likelihood is stupid Ryan Tannehill and the stupid <laughs> Titans because they're playing at home. They and are at home, look, although that Bengals team could beat them, don't you think? I, I, oh, I well, uh, I mean, can they? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that we're being a little prisoner of the moment with the Bengals, too, because they barely squeaked by a terrible Las Vegas Raiders team yes, they did. at home. And I have this sad feeling like the tight like. Look, no disrespect to the Titans. If you're a Titans fan and you come by it honestly, sure. God bless. If yes. you're an old Houston Oilers fan and when they, <laughs> when they moved, you got so disgusted that you followed them to Tennessee, great, fine. But no one wants to see Ryan Tannehill in no. the champ- conference championship or the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry is obviously an otherworldly running back, the best there's been in, in a decade or something. Yeah. But it's not as much fun, I'm sorry, to watch a guy gain 178 yards on 36 carries right. as it is to see Josh Allen throw a football 60 yards or Pat Mahomes scramble. He Mahomes had two plays in that game the other night where he dropped back, there was pressure, he scrambled to his right and threw the ball on the run like 45 yards downfield. One was yeah. to Kelsey and one was to maybe Tyreek Hill. Yeah, the one to Kelsey, the touchdown at the end of the half was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and and like, the, you know, that game, My so my friend Drew Goddard is a is a uh, Steelers fan. He directed the pilot of The Good Place. He's an excellent writer and director. And he's a big Steeler fan. And I was I was texting him and, and taunting him uh, with Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> statistics, like three for eight for 14 yards. He's off to a hot start. You know, like he's, this is pretty good for him. And he texted me back at one point and said, you're making fun of me. I get it. But this could not be starting better for the Steelers. And he yeah. was totally right. Because right. The, the first quarter of that game, which had seven punts and no points. Nope. And until the TJ Watt strip sack and return, I was like, if the Steelers have a prayer, this is how it happens. Yeah. It's just a, a they they sh- they somehow shut down the Chiefs, and the Chiefs p- play do a bunch. They overthink it, and Andy Reid starts to get cute and runs weird yep. wildcats, and they yep. fumble and whatever. And then the Steelers defense basically wins the game while Ben Roethlisberger, like he did in the Super Bowl, goes nine for twenty one for one hundred and twenty three <laughs> yards and two interceptions, and then gets a ring. And so I was starting to panic. And you and I were texting about it. We were this. panicking. I was straight up panicking at the end of the first quarter. 
And then I like got up from the couch and like went to the door to let my dog inside and came back and Patrick Holmes had 250 yards uh, <laughs> passing with three touchdowns. Like I don't understand how it happened so quickly, but I, I turned my back for 45 seconds. And when yeah. I came back, Mahomes had 250 yards and three touchdowns. And so, th- th- but the point of all of this is simply to say, Derrick Henry is great. The Titans are a well-coached, disciplined, excellent football team. Yeah. I do not want to see them anywhere near the conference championship or the Super Bowl right. when there are these much more exciting dynamic teams out there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just sort of the way this thing played out. And, you know, look, part of it is this weird... And we've just all come to accept it, but this weird tiebreaker system they have in the NFL. Yeah. It's, we just, you know, it's sort of like, and, and it, you have to give the NFL so much credit for being like these ruthless monsters who just absolutely <laughs> get into our brains because we've come, like, if baseball tried some nonsense with the, like tiebreaker nonsense the way the NFL does. Like, baseball fans would be outraged forever. People are still fighting about the DH. The thing has been around for 50 years. They're still fighting. But here, this is sort of like, we know that the Packers uh, and and, uh, the Bucks have the same record. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Packers get a buy and Bucks don't. Why? Right. We don't have to tell you why. It's it's something with a conference record. Or conference like, record or, <laughs> or or common opponent common or whatever. Or points in your division or you yeah. know like you know whatever. Yeah. And same thing with the Chiefs and Titans. We're like uh, we know they have the same record. We know that the Chiefs are the better team, but the Titans win this weird tiebreaker thing. And so the NFL has this whole crazy thing. But I will say. That the Titans do rem- – and I do like that Titans team. I'm, I, I don't want to see them in the Super Bowl or whatever. But they remind me so much of like every single Marty Schottenheimer team. Yes, right? like, 100%. Like, right? yep. Every team – they're 13-3. Oh, they're going – you know, and then it's like wah-wah. And the playoffs come around and, and you're like, oh, they're not very good. And I don't even believe – like I never thought Schottenheimer was that bad a, a playoff coach. I just think his team was never as good – as yeah. their regular season record indicated. And I kind of feel it's the same way with that Titans team. Now, uh, a couple of things here. Number one, to be fair to the NFL, yeah, which is a clause I never <laughs> thought I would utter. <laughs> to yes. be fair to the NFL, baseball can add an extra tiebreaker playoff game in a way that the head-to-head playoff game tiebreaker in a way that the NFL cannot, right? right. Like you can't, you can have two... Baseball teams play a one-game tiebreaker to see who gets in, and who doesn't. The NFL cannot do that, so they no, have they to have. They do have to have some Absolutely. system. It's well, probably the so short, and the seasons yeah. are short. They I mean look, they're going to be ties when you have a sixteen or seventeen or eighteen-game season. They're going to be ties. Right. I'm, I'm I'm kind of joking about that, but it's but it's funny that we don't make a bigger deal about it. Like we just we, we just really accept it. Yeah. Accept it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we accept everything that the NFL shoves down our throats. <laughs> that's, <laughs> sort of, that's the that's what it means to be an NFL football. It fan. is like this year they said to all of us as fans, "Hey, it's 17 games now." Like, oh, it's great. We get an extra okay. game. Like, uh, yeah. great. The players are like dying on the field, and we're like, yeah, yeah, great. 17 games. And then like, and we're adding another playoff team. Like, 
okay, great. You know, and, and well, we're taking so, away a buy. I mean, it's so funny because you, you pointed this out in the article you wrote for your Substack. What's clearly coming down the pike is 18, has to uh, 18 game season and eight games, and eight, eight playoff, eight playoff teams. teams in each side, right? Yes. So that's that. But what's funny is that it's like they're a subscription service, it's like they're Netflix, and they're like, we know that we're going to raise, we need to raise the monthly cost of our service by $5 over the next, you know, five years. Right. So instead of the sticker shock of just jumping $5, we're going to go up $1 this year and then we'll wait a year and then we'll yep. go up another dollar yep. next year. Like they're, <laughs> they're parceling out the, the, the insanity yes. uh, of, of asking these guys who were already, it's already a war of attrition. You already right. get to the end of the year and a third of the, what would be the pro ball team is on IR or has right. been on IR at some point in the year. And the, and now they're saying, okay, we're going to have 18. They're basically announcing we're going to have eight playoff teams and 18 games in a season. Yeah. And I think if the players union has any strength at all, they will have to demand a second off week in that yeah, 18 well, no, game I, I, I season, think right? I think they'll get that. I think they'll so get that. So now, but the, so the Super Bowl this year is on February 13th, 13th or something. Yep. So just do the math in your head. And what you realize is, well, now you're going to February 20th with the 18th game and really February 27th right, with, with another off week. week. And That's suddenly... Right. Suddenly, you're playing football awfully close to March. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a March Super Bowl. It's yeah, happening. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a March Super Bowl. It's going to be March Madness. And, yeah. and th that has enormous ramifications for a number of things, it, starting with the NBA, because no one pays attention to the NBA, really. Like, the first time people pay attention to the NBA is Christmas, because they kind of own Christmas. Right. But football is happening. on. And sometimes <laughs> it lines up where, like, Christmas is on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. And, you're, and so now no one is going to care about the NBA essentially until the playoffs start. <laughs> because the right. NFL, NFL will dominate September 1st to March 1st. That's yeah. a really, really long time. That's half the year. Yeah. They are going to dominate the sports landscape and they only will be playing <laughs> whatever it is, 21 or 22 total games. Yeah. The NBA plays 82 and no one will care about them until March and the, and baseball plays 162 <laughs> and no one will care about them until October and until September and then October. The other sports are going to be squeezed down to two months a year or three oh, yeah. months a year where anybody cares at all it's really well, wild it's gonna be, baseball spring training is gonna be like a, you know that's gonna be a pitchers and catchers report who cares you know it's kind of a who cares to some degree now already um, but it's gonna be even more of one oh, even more and, so. and no question. i i i do wonder a little bit the the nfl is so dominant in the landscape i just wonder what the other sports will do if anything to try to adjust i mean this nba in-season tournament thing might might be a way that they're trying yeah. to counteract like people not caring about them and stuff. Right. But I just don't know what what like hockey or baseball does to try to adjust to to us to the NFL dominating half the year like that. I think baseball accepts that April comes and that's when baseball really kicks in and and baseball gets to kind of own to its own you know, do its own devices, kind of own the summer. Yeah. And and then look already 
October is is you know the, the, that's that's the big baseball month and already that's dominated by football. So yeah. I don't think anything changes there. For basketball, it's a big deal. Hockey is sort of its own thing, right? Yeah. Like hockey fans love hockey and 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 they're they don't care beyond uh, that. So, but it's it's a wild it's a wild thing. And and here's you know I like what you said about them sort of piecemealing this thing because they could not have sold an eighteen game season. Nope. But they just absolutely jammed down a 17-game season, mm-hmm. and nobody thinks that makes sense. Nobody thinks that's where it's going to stop. It's absurd. It's an absurd. <laughs> 17 and 7 is an absurd number of games yeah. and playoff teams. It's just it's so obviously wrong, and I think that's maybe why they did it. Yeah, sure It's because it, it would have been a tougher sell to go to 18 and 8, but so they do 17 and 7 and then in 2 years they can go, well obviously this is a ridiculous this yeah. didn't work. <laughs> so we got to do something else. And by the way, if they go back to 8 if they if they increase it, if they have 8 playoff teams, they can go back to a system where the top 2 have a bye, right? Yeah. Because it can be 3 8 Four, seven, five, six. Or maybe they can't. No, I don't no, think they you go buy. I think everybody plays the first week. I yeah, think they have to go right. They basically you lose the buy unless they give the, the top buy. four te- or three teams a buy. Or but four then, teams then you're a adding buy. another week. You're adding yeah, even good point. another week. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you what though. The one thing is about the eight team playoff is, and and I'm look. I think they should go back to the way it was, and and sixteen and six were was perfect. We've talked about that, but you go. Eight teams this year. The Chargers would have gotten in in the right. AFC, which was way better than the Steelers, right. right? Like it's like you almost needed a fan vote, and you would have gotten New Orleans, which I think would have been better than Philadelphia. I mean, I yeah. you know so so there's no at, at this point. Why are you accepting a seventh it's, and it's, not an eighth? It it's going to be what what basketball is, which is basically is if you play five hundred, you yeah. so, you you sort of make the playoffs. You sort of make and, the playoffs, and, and then you and then you get devoured by a team that won 65 games like <laughs> and and but like but it's this we, it's that weird purgatory where like you don't want to be in that tournament you don't want to risk why risk that those injuries or whatever and like make your play make your um your draft pick worse it's like right. you'd rather if that becomes the case you'd rather i mean who in the world like the saints i i know football is crazy i know anything can happen but if you're the saints would you rather miss the playoffs and get like the 12th pick in the draft or make the playoffs go to green Bay and have to play in green Bay against Aaron Rodgers and get humiliated and then get the 15th pick in the draft or whatever. Like, you know, I, 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 it's, that's where we're headed. Like all of these sports ultimately land in a place where if you play 500, you have a decent shot of making the playoffs. Oh yeah. And and that's where baseball is going to be too. when, When they, when they extend the playoffs. So yeah, you know, but this is this is sort of you know I, we've talked about this. You're you're more of a playoff guy than I am. I mean, I'm not a huge playoff guy. I I prefer in baseball in particular. In baseball, I, yeah, yeah. And in football, I prefer less teams in the playoffs. I I want the playoffs to. I love the old way. I love two teams getting a bye that first week and and having the other you know four teams hammer it out and and try to see who who has earned their right to play in the in the next week. I mean, I I always thought that was great. I I got nothing out of seeing that Steelers uh, Chiefs game or that uh, Eagles Bucks game. I wonder. I, did, I didn't really either. The games were terrible. I I kind of wonder. And we're going to talk about the Cowboys in a second. We can't leave this without talking no, about the Cowboys. No, we have to do the Cowboys. But I wonder if baseball would ever consider 
essentially going back to a 154 game season. They're gonna have to and expanding the playoffs, and yeah. basically the playoffs start on September 15th or something. Oh, and, and you, yeah, you know, so you're and still you have, having October baseball. You still have like the the early rounds get done in the second half of September. So so basically, just as football is starting, you're at least giving people something to care about. In baseball, the playoffs are starting. That's exciting. Their games are in prime time. Blah blah blah, and uh, I, and even by the way, if it were September fifteenth, it's like before to whatever extent this matters. It doesn't really anymore. It's like before the you know the new fall season of TV is even yeah. out. So like prime time space is open up, and Fox can air all these games, and you can have whole Saturdays that are nothing but really but baseball, right? Uh, I don't know that that might be what they have to do, but let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's, let's talk well, about the Cowboys. Last thing on the, on football before the Cowboys, because Cowboys is his own thing. Do you think we, as a culture and a country and a nation, have celebrated Ben Roethlisberger enough? Because because look, well, did you go to the did you go to the parade in Washington D.C. <laughs> that they had? <laughs> Down, right down to Pennsylvania Avenue. It ended in front of the White House. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> President Biden came out and gave him the Congressional Medal of Freedom. <laughs> My gosh. So the first week, the last week when it looked like it might be his last game, uh, it was that Ravens game, I guess. And that was like, oh, this might be his last game. And oh, and they went on and on and on about it and whatever. And then they somehow won. And then the Chargers and Raiders wouldn't just tie like good, like they should have or whatever. And then he's back, and then we have to hear it all over again. And here's the thing, okay? I think we can agree on this. Ben Roethlisberger is a has been a, a very good quarterback in the NFL. He's not been he's not been the best. He's not been uh, in my mind. He's he was a, he's he's number five of his of his time. But he was a very good quarterback. He won a lot of games with the Steelers. He deserves to be uh, lionized in Pittsburgh. All that's well and good. He's been terrible for a long time now. Correct. Like for two to three years. I mean, but since he got hurt, he's he can't play anymore. I mean, he can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. So, so basically, these last two seasons have been like a going away party for him. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like maybe maybe they overdid it with the Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest human being who ever lived thing. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not, because he's stunk on the field, and he yes. stunk again the other night, and he stunk all season, and he stinks, and he stunk for a long time. <laughs> There's also, and this is where you really get into the like ugliness of yes. the NFL and how it and how it celebrates people who are great on the field. Yeah, there is also the uh, undeniable fact that off the field he yeah. seems to have been a little bit of a monster, and <laughs> Diana Moskovitz. Uh, who writes for Defector, wrote a really great piece where she's a Steelers fan. Yes. And she said, look, this is probably his last game and his career is ending and I am a Steelers fan and I have rooted for that team and that uniform and those colors all my life and I will continue to. And also, he was uh, a a lawsuit, a sexual assault lawsuit was filed against him in 2009. There was a different sexual assault investigation about him the following year. Right. He then kind of like scrambled around uh, and and settled one of those lawsuits and dodged the other one. And there was some really shady stuff that went on in terms of the investigation into the into one of the into both of them, really. And she wrote a really great piece, I thought, that sort of was like a person, a Steelers fan, trying to 
wrestle with how yeah. do you oh, with this guy who who meant so much to the city, to the team, to the NFL, blah 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 blah. And it's a really great piece. I recommend everybody read it at Defector. Yes. But also, you can't help but when you think about that aspect of his life, you can't help but just recoil in disgust when you are hearing everyone on every yes. broadcast talk yes. about the amazing legacy and what a champion he is and he played the game the right way right. and blah, 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 blah. And like the hagiography uh, uh, applied to him of all people just left a really bad taste in my mouth. I like, I, and it's not, and look, uh, look, we've, we've talked about this before. Being a fan of any team is a morally compromising decision. Yes. You are choosing to put yourself into a position where you are going to be confronted with any amount of terrible behavior exhibited right. by the players, the fans, the ownership group, the coaches, everybody involved with every professional sports league <laughs> at some point is becomes a monster. It's like it seems to be inevitable. And I'm a uh, I'm a Red Sox and Patriots fan. Like, bring it on! Like, <laughs> like I am not trying to hide from the morally compromising position that I am in. However, when a guy with his specific past retires, and all you hear about, he has like a a Kobe Bryant to bring up yet another guy who had this same issue. Yeah, when you, you have a Kobe Bryant or Derek Jeter or whoever like farewell tour, it's like. It just, I can't believe that people kept saying the things about him yeah, that they were that saying. Yeah. yeah, that it's like, I, I just, just be quiet, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> just stop, just stop doing this. All you're doing is making me, at least, think every single time about how he is not the person you are talking about. Like, right. uh, uh, just so nuts that they, well, that they, he got that treatment. That, that, when it crossed over into what a great person he is, what a great family man he is, what a great this. And look, I don't know Ben Roethlisberger, and I don't know how Nor much he's I. turned his life around. I don't know any of those things. His past is his past. And, and you know, I wrote actually a little something about this, not him specifically, but Sunday. I wrote a little something about it after Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, was sent uh, home uh, from Australia. And I wrote, look, I've... I love watching Novak Djokovic play tennis. I, it's it's one of my mm -hmm. absolute favorite things. And you want to talk about having to wrestle with something? It's I'm, I'm not even wrestling with it. He's a he's a he's a bad guy. And 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 he he made he he did he did you know this was really really bad behavior on his part, and he deserved what he got and all of those things. But that doesn't make me any less sad that I don't get to watch him play. That's like trying to trying to find that middle ground between sort of this selfish, he brings me so much joy when he's playing tennis and, ugh, you know, just come on, dude. I mean, just just get the shot. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? you I don't know? know, man. Well, that's that. it was so funny because when the Djokovic thing was going on, and then I promise we're going to talk about the Cowboys, when the Djokovic thing was going on, it, it kept, people kept saying like, you know, talking about uh you know the the internal conflict and this and that and whatever and every single time it came up i just kept thinking like well you know what he could do i have one idea <laughs> i have one idea for something he could do if he wants yeah. this all to go away which is join the whatever it is now 2.9 billion people <laughs> right. worldwide 99% of your tour by the way <laughs> yeah. 99% yeah. of your tour right like you have some pretty good evidence that this does not hamper play because right. everybody else who does the same <laughs> job you do 
has gotten this thing, which, by the way, is free yes. and readily available. And yes. no one on the tour, you haven't heard a single story about a, a professional tennis player who's like, yes, I got the uh, Pfizer vaccine, and then uh, I... I've been uh, double-faulting ever I since. Forgot, I forgot how to hold my <laughs> tennis racket. I, my br- I hold it sideways, and I try to hit it, and there's nothing I can do. My brain has been rewired because yeah. of the Pfizer vaccine. And so... It's this is like uh, you want to talk about an own goal, man. Oh my god! Novak Djokovic in one of the great own goals of all time, <laughs> and and then there were people who were like, "Well, what does this say about Australia? You know, this is a people are going to really think twice about vacationing in Australia. America has the same rule. <laughs> you can't be come in from a foreign country and 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 not be vaccinated. Like that's yeah. not that's not well, allowed. And by the only- way, nor is it allowed in France. Like he can't play in Paris. He can't play at the French Open either. Like no, he's going to no. have to keep reckoning with this same idiocy as long as he's on the tours. Like his your choices are: don't play in any major tournaments, retire. <laughs> Or join three billion other people and just get this free shot that prevents a pandemic. Yeah, look, my only beef with 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 Australia and the Australian Open was just tell him he can't come. That's it. Just he never should have he never should have gone off the plane. No question. That yeah. like the, we're in in ridiculing uh, the own goal committed by <laughs> Novak Djokovic. We are we are not quite focusing on the whole picture here, which is yes. the the tour blew it. The, uh, yeah. the the tournament blew it by far. They should have, I mean, there was no reason he should have ever gotten on a plane. It no. should have been clear to no. him that like that you cannot play here unless you're vaccinated. Then he wouldn't have come, I guess. Right. And then it would have been a story for one day where it's like, wow, he decided to not get a vaccine right. in, instead of like competing for the champion for one of the four grand slams well, and, for, and for the what would have been the record breaker right i mean like if right. he owned that particular no, was it uh, nine in a row or nine nine total yeah i mean come good on good gravy yeah it's just it's 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 absurd all right okay let's, we have to talk about the cowboys let's get to the cowboys all right there were so many wonderful things about this cowboys game so so uh we should say right off the start uh that other than the steelers the team that we uh, combined hate the most is the Cowboys. Uh, I might which, hate them more than the Steelers. I would, yeah, I for me, I think it's a, but it's still it's one two. Like they're they're super close, and and uh, and Jerry Jones is like I don't I don't hate the Steelers management at all. I have no beef with them, but Jerry Jones is just horrendous. And so the the best part is I will let you share the best part of the game unquestionably was the end, yeah. but. The game also did feature a incredible glare of the sun I mean. through, <laughs> through the stupid window that they have there that literally cost them a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Like the receiver mm-hmm. literally dropped the ball because he was blinded by this sun that they decided was a good thing for the field. So that was Correct. great. Yes. They had a punter actually punt the ball uh-huh. off of the scoreboard. That's Correct. right. Right. Yep. Punted. This is not even like like somebody hit a baseball up there or something. I mean, he punted a ball off the scoreboard, right? Yeah. And we had, I think, the greatest holding penalty maybe in the history of the NFL. I'm so glad you wrote about this because it it is so it was so weird. It was one of the weird I tweeted at one point that it it, it appeared that both the Cowboys and the 49ers had thrown the game with mobsters <laughs> like the 1919 Chicago White Sox and were, and were in a competition to see 
and they re- they both realize, oh no, they're also trying to throw the game. <laughs> so like do more things to throw the game. Like they they both appeared to be trying as hard as they possibly could to, to lose. lose the game. That's right. And it was uh, unfortunate that one of them had to win, I would say. It was oh, it's like yeah. a shame. It's a shame that one of those teams had to win. <laughs> but but the holding penalty game so so here was my story. I'm watching the end, and 49ers, all they had to do was run out the clock, right? Like, they had the ball, and they had to run out the clock. And they ran the ball on second down, and they didn't get any yards. And then there was a flag thrown, and it was a holding penalty on Dallas's uh, uh, Randy Gregory. And let's face it, we do not see a lot of defensive holding penalties like on running plays, it's right? weird. It's it's, it's a, always a, it's always a defensive back a right, grabbing right. receiver. Like we'll yes. see it on pass plays, right? But when on run plays, you very rarely see it. So it was such a weird out of bounds call. And then they showed Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy's like rolling his eyes, like this is the most ridiculous thing. And we're like, wow, that's that's a weird call to make right then and there. And then they showed the play. Randy Gregory, I I, I think this is really what happened. He 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 ran into uh, offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill and grabbed him and like took him down like a he wrestler. Hugged, he hugged him from behind. He <laughs> yeah. had his arms around completely around him. Right. And, and he just kept pulling him and pulling him and then eventually tackled him to the ground as if he were the ball carrier. It was it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And there were people on Twitter saying I think he did think he was the ball carrier, which yeah. to me is even funnier if he really did. It was awesome. Also in this game, if uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo can hit a wide open Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> wide like no one around him for wide 15 yards, open. right? the game ends. Right. If he just waits until his the guy that he sent in motion gets set on the right <laughs> side of his line and then sneaks the ball for a yard and a half. An inch. They, was, they, it was an a inch, yard. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they win the game. He, That's right. He kept, they, they kept, it was like they were. What about that interception he threw? Oh, yeah, the bananas. <laughs> but it was, it literally appeared that both sides were going, oh, no, we might win. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Like, they, they, they were trying so hard to, to blow it. And, yeah. it. and it was really wonderful that the wonderful. way it ended was that the Cowboys had the ball last so that they blew it one more time yes. than the 49ers in, could. In, in the most perfect way. So they have the ball on the 41. There are 14 seconds left. They have no time. By the else. way, pause. They have the ball on the 41 because they got the ball deep in their own territory. And then the 49ers decided not to guard the <laughs> sidelines. The only play, they had no, the Cowboys had no timeouts. That's right. Like one, if you tackle a guy with 38 seconds left or whatever it was, if you tackle them one time in bounds, essentially the game is over because it's like seven or eight seconds to get everybody set and then you spike the ball. And then if you do that twice, it's like, well, now the game ends with them throwing a Hail Mary from their own 40 probably. Right, that's right. But they just didn't guard the sideline. So Dak would drop back, throw the ball 15 yards, and the guy would step out of bounds. And it took three seconds at a time. (laughs) And they marched all the way down to the 40-yard line or 45-yard line in like 14 seconds. It was so crazy. And then the the 49ers (laughs) were like, oh, you know what we should do is we should guard the sidelines. (laughs) And then they run the Cowboys run the greatest uh, play, I think, in the history of football. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The single greatest play. So from the 41 yard line, 14 seconds left, no timeouts. What are your options there, Mike? What what, 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 are, you, what are you thinking? You've got a couple, I would say. You yeah. can you can try to throw uh, a Hail Mary and then you'll probably have at least two seconds left to, to do try another. another Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. You can say, okay, they're guarding the sidelines, but we're going to come up with a some kind of deep out or even like six yard out. Yes. That that we, either the either the the guy can't catch the ball or he's guaranteed to get out of bounds, and so right. we'll move it up to like the thirty five. And then throw a Hail Mary. Right. One that. thing that you should try to avoid, I think, is running the ball <laughs> straight up the middle. That, that seems like that might be the yeah. least uh, of likely of those scenarios. However, yeah. if you do, if you say, hey, you know what they'll never be expecting <laughs> is for us to run the ball right up the middle. Then I would say a couple things. Number one, you should tell the ball carrier, yeah. go, go down at the latest with nine seconds left on the clock. Yeah. Like at yeah. the very, very latest, preferably 10, but I think nine you'll be fine. You yeah. should tell all the other players in your team, run as fast as you can back to the line of scrimmage so right. we can spike the well, ball. Well, don't even go downfield. You don't even right. go downfield. Right, just run, run yeah. to where, right, run alongside your guys, right? <laughs> and, the, and the last thing is you should say, hey, there's a rule in the NFL that after every play, the uh, umpire has to set the ball. So as quickly as you can... Find the umpire and hand him the ball <laughs> so that he can ball. put it down so that you can spike the ball. The Cowboys did none of those things. None of those things. That's Dak right. ran as far as he could. He hopped Literally up to get tackled. To get tackled. Literally. Yeah. He gave the ball directly to his own center, which who is not uh who is <laughs> not, not the official. umpire. Not an official. Yeah. No, he's and not. He took so much time that by the time this the umpire did set the ball. And they set up the ball. The, the time ran out. It was yeah. one of the funniest. I I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It was one of the funniest ways to ever throw a football game for mobsters that I think I've ever seen. What was so great was, first of all, him running. It's a designed quarterback draw or whatever it is. Designed right. run. So while you're watching him run, you're like, what is he doing? Right? You're like losing your mind. Like, what is he doing? And then he goes down and you're, you know, there's five seconds left or something when he goes down. And you're like, oh, they're not going to get it in time. And then you see like the the like umpire trying to get to the ball and he right. can't. He's being blocked, essentially. And like the center is trying to snap the ball and the umpire's like, no, I've got to like get the ball first. And so like there's a little weird scramble and they're still trying to set up. And the umpire finally gets the ball and puts it down and he snaps it. And... I mean, right at zero, right? Like, I mean, it was like yep. it could it could not have been closer. And then it's over. It's like then it was like that's it. Wow. And then that was... in classic in classic NFL fashion, it's confusing. Nobody knows what's going on. No one really <laughs> understands the rules. It was like there was like that with the Joe Burrow whistle play too. It was like yes. No, everyone kind of like what is this? What happened? And then the guy just goes out and goes. That's the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> they just that guys, out. goodbye, and we're done, you know? And, oh. So the NFL's complete and utter inability to understand or follow its own rules is just <laughs> is never-ending source of amusement. But let's get back to this thing for a second. So Jerry Jones, yes. um, one of the worst owners in sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, reminder, had to be physically restrained by his own football operations people because he was trying to run to, I think, a microphone or something to draft Johnny Manziel when Johnny Manziel That's fell right. to his draft choice and had to be physically restrained from drafting Johnny Manziel because he knows so little about football. Yeah, that's right. You and I, who are, you know, fairly avid football fans, but mostly like, you know, we watch football. That's about the extent of it. We don't watch all 22 game film or or anything like that. 
you and I would do do absolutely do a better job of running the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys than Jerry Jones. No, and I'm not talking about the business side of it. Like, no, I, I guess he's no. a, he's a gangster businessman and he makes all these huge deals and blah, 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 whatever. But in terms of football operations, you and I would do so much better of a job running the Cowboys than Jerry yeah. Jones. So Jerry Jones decides, I live in Dallas. I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the president and owner of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, who haven't been to a conference championship game in <laughs> 30 years or whatever it is. I am going to build the biggest football stadium that yes. anyone has ever built. Yes. That's his goal. So it's going to have 100,000 seats. And it's going to have the biggest TV ever. Yes. And it's going to be big, 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 big. And I'm Jerry Jones. And this is where everything's going to happen because it's going to be huge. And I'm in Dallas and I'm Jerry Jones. So he builds this stadium, which is originally, I believe it was supposed to cost something like 600 or $700 million. Right. It ends up costing like one point whatever, 1.2 billion, yeah, billion or more something. More than a billion. Yeah. Right. And it features a giant uh, window. <laughs> Where <laughs> that lets the sun shine directly through into the eyes of the people who are playing. And it also features a giant TV that hangs so low that the ball routinely hits it while in the field of play. And by the way, the taxpayers of Arlington paid for like most of this stadium. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. They raised taxes on everything. The sales tax went up and the and like I think there was a, a car rental or a hotel oh, tax sure. yeah. or this and that. And they issued like... $300 million in bonds, which the people of Arlington will be paying off for probably 99 years at like seven and a half percent interest. And, and it's a disaster. It's a yeah. disaster. And I say that I've ne having never, first of all, having never been there, but also just watching the game on TV, it doesn't, it's like, it, it looks terrible. It looks like a terrible fan experience. And I, I've been to SoFi now twice. SoFi rules. SoFi yeah. is incredible. And SoFi costs like $5 billion to make. And I'm sure that the taxpayers of, of California, I don't even know, but I'm sure they got royally screwed too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's But it was beautiful. mostly private though, right? Wasn't it I mostly, think a mostly lot, private? Well, that was, wasn't that part of the deal? We're, we have no idea what we're talking about, but wasn't it part of the deal <laughs> to, that, to get both teams in there yeah. that there was less royal screwing of the, of the taxpayer? <laughs> than normal, yeah. Than, than normal, which still means I'm sure we were royally screwed. But I just, it makes me laugh so hard that his whole thing is like, I'm going to make the whole world come to me. We're going to have the NCAA, uh, the college football championship here. And this is where the Cowboys are going to play the Super Bowl here. Remember when they played the Super Bowl and there were like people, it was the first, it was like the opening week of the stadium. And like yeah. people walked into the Super Bowl and there were no seats where their oh, yeah, seats no, were no, supposed to great. be. There, was, there <laughs> were just people standing outside. No, I was at that game. Oh, you were? I was at the yeah. You know what's so funny? I've been there a couple of times. That stadium. You know what it reminds me of is heck. You might have even written this scene. There's a there's a great scene in the office uh, where Michael is is going to give away like a charity. It's it's casino night, and Michael's going to give away a charity check at the end. Yeah, and, and he's like, yeah, and we're going to give it to the Boy Scouts, and and we're actually going to have boy scouts there at the game right i mean at the at the night and 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 toby's like no um i thought you know it's a it's a school night and and there's gambling and there's going to be alcohol and, <laughs> and and he lists off like 10 things and goes is that is that okay is that enough should i keep you know? going should yeah. i keep going yeah <laughs> that's what i feel about that stadium they're like like oh so we're gonna put a big huge window and we're gonna have the 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 roof come down in and we're gonna have like the scoreboard be gigantic it's like 
it's like this multi-billion dollar stadium with so many problems that you're just like this is ridiculous it is wild man it is so funny to me it's just it's like it's just bluster it's just all bluster with that guy it's like bigger louder giganticer (laughs) and there's no like there's no ethos except for more it's like the only word that jerry jones ever uses to guide his oh, life or his right. or his professional uh, decision making is more, more. or bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it's so classic. All right, so here, so just just to clarify, the stadium was built privately as of 2015, according to Wikipedia. The develop this is SoFi. The developer was seeking significant tax breaks from Inglewood. At the commencement of construction, the cost was estimated at 2.66 billion. But internal league documents produced by the NFL in March 2018 indicated a need to raise the debt ceiling for the stadium. And facility to a total of four point nine six three billion. That feels like a bit of a miss, doesn't it? Like they missed 2.5. by fifty percent. Well, I, apparently, um, yeah, they they took out a ton of loans. So I, it's, it looks like it's a little unclear, at least according to Wikipedia, which you know is always accurate. Oh yes. Uh, how, how much of it was privately financed and and or publicly funded? But they, they, you know, at least there's a reason. Like SoFi is near an airport. And they had to actually dig down into the ground. So when you enter SoFi, you're basically at the upper level of the stadium. And it yeah. makes the fan experience really cool because it's, the, a, cool place. it's, it's a very cool place. And it, and, it's, it, and it doesn't also dominate the skyline in a way that these other venues somehow do because it's not you didn't they didn't have to build up as much. It's like down into the ground. Right. The, fo- the soccer stadium in Portland is like that, too. It's really cool. So anyway, the point is, uh, there are good ways to be giganticer and huger and more. Oh yeah, and no, then there's the way that Jerry does it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it had to be. It didn't just have to be the biggest and the best. It had to be acknowledged as the big. Right. Yes. It had, to, it had to be the most ostentatious. It had to be the biggest, Real craziest quick, thing. Let's yeah. make a prediction. How many years will it be before Jerry Jones declares that they need to build a new stadium oh, in Dallas? <laughs> definitely over under is five, right? I like would say over- I was gonna say ten. <laughs> I would say is ten years. He's gonna go like you know we need a state of the art facility. <laughs> we we can't survive like this. All right, so do we have time for some baseball here on our in this first podcast? I think we do. Uh, we don't have time to talk about the Hall of Fame, which the the voting will end on the twenty fifth. So we can t- we can do a postscript and okay. talk about who got in, whether Ortiz got in. Ortiz currently tracking. It's it's going to be razor thin. It looks like it's going to be razor thin. thin for him. But but I think it's it's a lock that Clemens and Bonds are not getting in now. It looks like based on previous years in which the private voting was much harsher on them than the public voting. It looks unlike they're right. They're literally both at like seventy five point six percent. But with public votes, and they usually with get fifty percent. Yeah, right. The, so yeah. it's going to be tough for Ortiz, but I th- I still think he makes it. I, I was wrong. I I predicted Bonds and Clemens would both make it. Looks like I'm going to be wrong about that. The only one with a chance is David Ortiz. Really. He's the only so, one with a chance. By the way, should we should we tell people how we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame in our next podcast? Oh, great idea! Great idea. It seems like a good time. Then we'll talk a little baseball before moving on to the next one. So uh, it, it begins like this, uh, Mike. You've not told anybody this. I found this out through uh, channels. This mm-hmm. was not a, you didn't even tell anybody. Mike has written a book. That's right. 
Why wouldn't you say something? I felt like it was wrong to talk about it on the podcast. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that was a mistake. I just have felt like I never <laughs> wanted to bring it up. Didn't want to mention it. And, I mean, but now I, like, I, I guess. I don't need to be finding this out from other people. It's weird. It's just I just, weird. I felt, I felt like it was inappropriate. But since right. you know, we can talk about it now. So now, so, since I know. So the book yeah. is called. It's called How to Be Perfect. It comes out uh, one week from tomorrow as we record this on Monday the 17th. It comes out on January 25th. Available everywhere. Uh, you can buy it at anywhere you buy books. Uh, bookshop.org is a great website that supports independent booksellers. Of yes. course, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble. Local. Um, uh, local. Your local you bookstore, anywhere you yep. want. Um, yep. I'll be doing a bunch of events. You can, If you follow me on Twitter at Ken Tremendous, um, I will be listing periodic events. I'm going to be at an event in, in Seattle, a couple in Los Angeles. I'll be uh, in New York at the 92nd Street Y on January 26th. You can come see me there with John Stewart, which will be really fun. Wow, John Stewart's going to interview me. Um, and uh, But there's a, also a special promotion that fans of Joe Posnanski will remember from when the Baseball 100 came out, which is that if you order the book through Rainy Day Books um, at rainydaybooks.com in Kansas City, you can request a personalization and up to 10 words with a little leeway. If you want to, if you have an 11 word inscription, yeah, yeah. I'll probably yeah. let it go. Uh, you can uh, have me inscribe anything you want. So you can have me say hot fruit is delicious. You can yep. have me, you can have a, a number of people have already uh, put in that they just want me to write respect with the number two as the S for Derek <laughs> Jeter. Which I salute you. I will, and I promise you, I will, unless it's uh, off color or dirty or racist or something, I will write whatever you want. Uh, you can have a personalized copy of my book that says uh, Derek Jeter is the greatest shortstop of all time or whatever other humiliating thing you want me to write. That's right. And now uh, Joe is going to join me. How about in this? Kansas City. Yes. And now you should fill in what you what you have to offer. Well, so I'm going to join Mike in Kansas City, uh, and I am going to also be signing my books. If you go to rainydaybooks.com, uh, I will also be signing and inscribing my books. This is obviously the second uh, bite at the apple for this one, but uh, but I will sign it with anything you want. I don't even know if they put a 10-word limit on mine. I'm, I'm not going to be I selling. chose to put a 10-word limit. 10 word limit on mine because of the torture that you were put through <laughs> because I, because because the the 2000 books I signed last time uh, I wrote basically another 300,000 words just to individual people right. um, so uh, so I will be signing the book the really cool thing is you can buy my book you can buy Mike's book uh, you can also buy them both as a package mm -hmm. deal and very cool thing that we know about from rainy day books is that they are going to be taking a number of people who's, who uh, order both books. If you order both of them, they will be giving really cool special prizes uh, to some of the people who do that. So not to, be, not to all of them. To no, be clear. unfortunately, gonna, there's not enough. There's not enough. All. But they're gonna pick some. They're gonna pick like a small number of people who order my book and give away some special little fun Which is prizes. Really cool. Fun stuff. Very cool. Same with Joe's book. And yep. if you order both of them, there are some really, really cool really prizes cool that like prizes. ten or fifteen or twenty people will be able to Yeah, actually it's gonna be a get. little more than that. I mean when you put all the prizes together, it'll yes. probably be you know, so there will be you'll have a you'll have a real chance. You'll have a should real we, chance. Should we announce what one of them is to give you some idea? Because it's weird just to say some prizes. It makes it sound yeah. like you're getting a okay, toaster so, or something. So one of the prizes could be, if you order both books, one of the prizes could be a an autographed copy of The Soul of Baseball plus 
a bottle of Kansas City uh, barbecue sauce. That's right. Uh, which uh, is uh, incredible. incredible. Another one, as an example, is a uh, a ceremonial baseball that you can buy in the gift shop of the Nuger League's Baseball Museum in Kansas City that will be signed by me and Joe. And we'll get not, Bob Kendrick to sign not, it, by not, the way. Oh, yeah, great idea. <laughs> we'll um, get Bob Kendrick to sign Not it. signed by, you know, Satchel Paige and Cool Papa <laughs> Bell. But but Joe Bozanski and Mike Shore. Um, but so it's things like that. And there's some special bookmarks that they, they might yes. throw in there. There's yes. all sorts of special stuff. So go to rainydaybooks.com if you want uh, to enter yourself into that little mini lottery to yes. buy our books. Um, or uh, go to bookshop.org or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of the other places where you buy books. January 25th. How to be perfect. By it's going to be great. So, so, so please do. Please pre-order. Uh, it's going to be great. And... Since we're both going to be in Kansas City together, uh, we are going to, assuming we can do it uh, with with Mike's crazy schedule, uh, we are going to try to do a, a podcast live from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum with mm-hmm. our good friend Bob Kendrick. Uh, I will let you, we will let you know more details as we know, because I think we... If you want to come and see us, you you can. I think I think that that's uh, Bobby would love that. Uh, so we'll let you know. We'll let you know all the details. But uh, but and, the hope and is when that we'll we do that. that, we will know whether David Ortiz or anyone else that's right uh, has gotten that's into right. the Hall of Fame. So we'll deal with that then. But really quickly before we end this podcast uh, uh, and the- move on to our draft, which will be in the next podcast that's yes. available, I have a, a new segment that I'd oh, like boy. to introduce that I think will be fun. Okay. Look- uh, what I what I'm, I'm what I'm calling this segment is unofficial nicknames. Okay, <laughs> unofficial, unofficial nicknames. nicknames. Yes. Okay. So it occurred to me uh, as I was drifting off to sleep a couple nights ago that a handful of Major League Baseball teams have not just their normal nickname, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, the uh, Guardians, whatever, right. but they have a sort of unofficial nickname, which Ooh. is what baseball fans will call them. When yes. you're saying like who are or like you're like hey do you want to go to the game tonight and your friend will say who are they playing and you'll say oh they're playing the Twinkies, they, with, meaning the Minnesota Twins right 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 uh, so a few teams so so what this is is like this is not like um like the Red Sox you can't say that the Sox are an unofficial nickname for the Red Sox because that's no. just their name shortened that's right right so there are some teams that have unofficial nicknames here are the ones i've identified and maybe you can add to the list okay uh as you go along so i would say the white Sox unofficial nickname is the chai Sox. you hear yes. that a lot right you will okay. hear them called the chai Sox. the minnesota twins unofficial nickname the twinkies definitely okay um now the uh oh the anaheim angels the los angeles angels of anaheim california their unofficial nickname the halos that's what people call, people call them the Halos. I've heard them called the Halos. Yeah, okay. I've heard that. Um, the Miami Marlins, the unofficial nickname that I hear a lot is the Fish. Who are we playing tonight? We're playing the Fish. Uh, Play the okay. Fish. Okay, I like it. The Milwaukee Brewers, the Brew Crew. For the Brew right? Crew, I've heard the Brew Haas. I've heard that Interesting. too. Interesting. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are often called the Bucks. The Bucks, Buckos, right. absolutely. Buckos, sure. Yep. Um. So, uh, oh, St. Louis, often called the Redbirds. I've heard that, right? I've heard the Redbirds, sure. Okay, so 
there are other ones that I think are a little bit dicier, like Houston is often called the Strohs, but, but that's, that an old, that's an unofficial nickname with one letter missing. That doesn't okay. seem right. What about, uh, what the, about cubbies, the Cubbies? The Cubbies doesn't sound that. That's I don't just, that's know. Lo- the Twinkies Cubbies. I, don't I wrote know. down I wrote down Cubbies as a as a as an unofficial nickname. That is uh, that is up for debate as an unofficial nickname. Okay. Okay. The point is. All, in my opinion, MLB teams <laughs> should have an unofficial nickname. They should totally have like the, the fun nickname that you give. Oh, by the way, you could argue that the Yankees' unofficial nickname is the Pinstripes, maybe, yeah, or the Pinstripers. Yeah, yeah you know? Pinstripes, yeah, I've heard that. But I think that we should make it our mission before the season starts, before the 2022 MLB season starts, which will either be on around... April 1st of right. next year or possibly never. Right. <laughs> we don't know. It's both are options. So, right. So before the season starts, we should declare, we should come up with what each team's unofficial nickname is. So okay. in my mind, the oh, by the way, the Atlanta Braves, uh, I say Bravos a lot, but I don't yes. know if that's, if that is, a, what do you it's, think? It's, I, I do call them the Bravos as well. By the way, you, you really missed it because the Yankees do have this name. The, the Bronx Pinstripe, Bombers? The Bombers, right? Yeah. People yeah. will call them the Bombers. They'll call them the Bombers or the Bronx Bombers. I think I think you can say that either the Pinstripers or Pinstripes or Bronx Bombers is their unofficial. Probably Bronx Bombers. Let's yeah, just I, I mean, I just hear them call Bombers. Like, oh, the Bombers yeah, play sure. tonight. You're playing the Bombers tonight. Okay, so basically, we have probably, what is that, eight or ten teams that you could yep. say have an unofficial nickname. We want to give we, the rest We want to give the rest of them. So I think that every <laughs> podcast we do, from now until the season starts, we should come up with an unofficial nickname for one more team. Okay, for one so, team. So yeah. who is this week's team? Well, I, I think there's a lot of ways to do this, but I think we should just go division by division. Okay. Okay, but because of the Northeastern... ESPN media bias. You all, everybody always starts in the AL East. Oh, I, I don't yeah. want to start in the AL East. Agreed. So I think we're going to start. I think the easiest one to do is to start in the NL Central because I believe that we have either three or four unofficial nicknames in the okay. NL Central. We all have right. the Brew Crew for the for Milwaukee. Right. We have the Redbirds for St. Louis. Yep. We have the Cubbies for Chicago. If you count that. If you count it. And we have the Bucks for the Pirates. So okay. all we would need to complete this division is an unofficial nickname for these Cincinnati Reds. Okay. All right. So we need a nickname. Now, I love that they were at one point called the Red Legs. Sure. Now, could we... But is that... Could we just go back to that? Could we just start calling them the Red My Legs? pitch was going to be that we base it on the Big Red Machine, a, a name that is near and dear to your heart. You wrote yes. an entire book on the Big Red Machine, which I is an did. excellent book. called The Machine. So we could, my pitch was going to be, to make this easy, that the unofficial nickname for the Cincinnati Reds is just The Machine. What about The Mechanics? Interesting. The people, who, the people who fix The Machine. <laughs> fix The Machine. Because they haven't been The Machine in a while. The machine has been broken. But that, <laughs> but that's what's funny to me. What's very funny to me is to take the hopelessly mediocre Cincinnati Reds, although they had a good year last year, but they basically did. say, so you would say, let's, um, let's just picture this for a second, okay? You're, you are in, um, you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right. visiting your friends, and your friend says, um, hey, you know what I thought would be fun? Why don't we go to, uh, to a ball game? And you say, "Oh, cool! That sounds great. Who is who are the Phillies playing tonight?" And your friend just goes, "They're playing the machine." 
That sounds so cool. Like that that's more ex- cool. that's more exciting than just Cincinnati or they're playing the Reds or whatever. If you yeah. say the the machine instantly becomes one of the coolest unofficial nicknames. I agree. Know? All right. Are you are you prepared? Uh, I don't want to just uh, that was my uh, pitch, but if you have a better pitch, well, I'm look, all ears. I mean, uh, let's what what else do we know about Cincinnati? Right? We know Hotline love Chili. chili. <laughs> love their chili. Skyliners is a great nickname. Right. Oh, Skyline. Sorry, I said Hotline. Yeah, Skyline Chili. Skyline Chili. So Skyliners is a great name. Skyliners. With, yeah, the problem with Skyliners is Cincinnati Skyline, not that great. I mean, it's, it's a, fine. It's, it's at not least bad. not a famous Skyline. It's not a famous Skyline. It's fine. It's nice, actually. But wait but a second. Hold on a second. The Chili is kind of a great <laughs> nick, nick, unofficial nickname. They're playing the Chili? <laughs> They're playing the Chili tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, br- I- it's the brew crew against the chili. I mean, that oh, kind of rules. That kind of rules. Yeah, the the chili. Oh man! Now, so is it the machine or is it the chili? I don't know. Suddenly, there's two good <laughs> options. <laughs> I think they're playing the chili tonight. I, I kind of think they're I, playing I, the I chili. Think... I think that's funnier and cooler. <laughs> All right. From now on, Cincinnati, unofficially known as the chili, as the that's chili. It. So it's done. the so NL it's Central. Ready. Is the Brew Crew, the yep. Redbirds, the yep. Chili, <laughs> <laughs> the Cubbies, and the Bucks? Yeah, the only thing is whether or not we want to give the Cubs a real another name. Look, they seem like they're they seem like that's that club is open to lots of cool names. And Cubbies yeah, there's, is there's not, the Ivy, right? They're right. There's the Ivy. There's the well. Uh, by the way, the other nickname for both Chicago teams would be the North Siders and the South Siders. That, which that, you which hear, you do hear. Which right? you do hear. Absolutely. I kind of think if there's a famous one that you do hear all the time, that we shouldn't replace it. It should. It should be that, grandfathered in. I think North Siders, like like that's kind of more of a Chicago thing. Like, I don't know that, that real, like people around the country even know that Chicago, that the Cubs are North and the White Sox are South. Right. So, all right. Well, look, we came up, we did our job for today. We We came up with with the unofficial nickname for the Cincinnati Reds. It's the chili. (laughs) (laughs) And the backup is the machine. And the backup Um, is the machine. So, um, I love this. I love okay, this. Okay, great. And, and so, this is a, so I'm going to put a question mark. I have an official document that I'm going to keep doc. track of. I yes. have the doc. I'm going to keep track of it. I'm going to I'm going to basically bold the ones that we've decided on. Yes. And then leave the rest of them. And I will not bold the Cubs. And maybe next podcast we try to solve once and for all whether the they unofficial nickname of for the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs. I think that's fair. Last thing before we sign off here, uh, since we are talking about the chili. Uh, I, I do want to mention um, that uh, a couple of days ago, I got a text from um, my good friend, Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Votto had gotten a copy of the Baseball 100, and he wanted to send me a photo of the Baseball 100 copy, he said. And in it, he uh, with, the, with the photo, he texted... Basically, I don't want to open this. Uh, I, I'm too proud because he is not in the right. baseball 100. So he's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not opening this. Um, which I thought was very funny. Joey Votto is very funny, by yeah. the way. He's a very funny guy. And uh, so I wrote to him and I said, Look, uh, sorry, but you might be, you're, you're in the addendum. Basically, mm-hmm. you're, you'll, you'll be in the addendum of the baseball 100. And he wrote back and said, uh, By the time I'm done. I'm in the top 50. 
Yeah. And I just feel that is so delightful. And he also added, I don't do addendums. That's basically That's right. what he said. I love it, though, because like if you look at the guys who were in the 50s in your book, it means he's basically saying, I'll be better than DiMaggio. That's right. That's <laughs> like, right. There's a lot of, like, like, there's a lot of excellent DiMaggio. players. Totally, <laughs> totally going by those guys. I love Joey Votto I wish so I much. Had, I wish I had that level of confidence for even <laughs> one minute of my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> why we love Joey Votto and why he's been such a key member of the Chili for so long. That's right. He's he's one of the greatest uh, members of the Chili probably ever, right? He's one of the oh, great all-time Chiliers. He's one of the great all-time Chili. Certainly. Ch- Chileans? <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> he, is, he is one of the great all-time Chileans, I would say. Uh, certainly, look, since the... Since since the machine, I mean, he's, that's right. He's, since he's, the machine was the machine, he's one of the best Chileans. He's definitely <laughs> top Chilean. All right, so stick with us if you want to come to our to the next podcast. But as for now, Mike, as always, thank you. Go Chile. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.